stranded after driving Branded a fool What will they say? Borak Thong Earthlets, my name is Conrad alongside my friend Fox and this is the 21st episode of Space Spinner 2000, a podcast where two Americans try to make sense of the UK's own galaxy's greatest comic, 2000 AD, one month of progs at a time. This episode we're covering July 1978 and progs 71 through 75. This week, we'll see the end of Inferno and Mach Zero, the start of Ant Wars, and a week of 100% insanity with Judge Dredd. How's it going this week, Vox? Uh, pretty savage. I haven't seen the word savage used this often uh, since we started this. <laughs> Not even when there was a character named Savage? I, like, they say it a lot in Ant Wars. <laughs> Well, like, um, yeah, well, because they say it in a couple, it's in a couple different contexts in Ant Wars, as we'll get to, I suppose. Oh, God. I, I do want to just start this whole podcast off by saying, I hate you so much. This is such an amazing month. This is so good. <laughs> and you're going to make me have to choose one that goes to the bottom. And it's yeah. fine. I will have to choose one. No, I basically, uh, after we recorded um, last week's show and we started, and I was sort of getting to work on like doing my uh, my, my, my pre-show stuff for this episode, hmm. uh, Fox and I worked together and I came up to him and I just said, dude, this month is going to be, cr- you're going to love this month. <laughs> <laughs> He's not wrong. Everything in here is uh, Fox trademark awesome. It's all really weird. There's a lot of, oh man. Jeez. It's so it's really difficult to unpack, but yeah. let's uh, let's try. We, yeah, I don't want to blow it out of proportion, but speaking of blowing things out of proportion <laughs> Thrill One Ant Wars. Oh god, it's just Okay really racist. Well let's get to the end and then I have a bunch of things to say about Ant Wars. Um oh, god, please. So we start so Ant Wars starts off with a bunch of army helicopters flying into like a native village somewhere in the Brazilian rainforest. They gas all the people like with sleep gas and pack them up into the helicopters to teach them they, uh, civilization. They spend so much money to just gather up random aborigines against their will. Well, like it's not even against their will. They don't even like say hello to them. They toss sleeping gas on them from the helicopters, you know. The, uh, the natives like, like over here. Yeah, like the these are apparently like tribesmen who have never seen any kind of technology. So they think the helicopters like monsters or something. They start throwing spears, and so they just like gas oh, everybody. Yeah. Right out so, the gate, by the way, everyone has nothing but terrible things to say about them from the oh, other. Just like they yeah. eat ants and they're gross and they're terrible people. Yeah, so the village is in fact full of ants, and the army guys are like, "Ah, oh, we got to get rid of these ants because whatever, we kill everything." So <laughs> they decide to hit the ant hills with GGS, an experimental insecticide. Basically, yeah, again, because they're jerks, they're just like, "All right, like here's some living things. We got to, we we should just kill them." That's our job. We're the military. Yep. So several months later, uh, the villagers are in. Like a concentration camp? <laughs> it is exactly a concentration camp. Like, like slash re-education camp, but like it's uh, surrounded, where they are, are surrounded by fences with barbed wire and the barbed wire is facing in. That's what I'm trying to say. 
Yeah, uh, nothing here is great because you can get beaten near to an inch of your life. Yeah, so yeah, this one guy starts eating ants, which civilized people don't do. So these soldiers kick the crap out of him, and the military overseer is just like, "Yeah, that's fine. I just got to let the men let off some steam somehow." Because they're action men. (laughs) Anyhow, uh, that ant eater—that's his name now. Apparently, uh, he escapes. And the top brass send out a fire team because one guy not being civilized and being re-educated up to Western standards is unacceptable. Oh, it's really great. Like it was such a handwave. So it's a fire. So there's a uh, uh, an army squad in a helicopter. They go to the site of his old village, and they suddenly find giant mountain-sized anthills. Uh, the helicopter, the, uh, the chopper crashes into one, and the squad is swiftly eaten alive by a giant ant. Which is awesome, and there's a lot of crunching. Yeah, only their leader, Captain Via, is, and uh, the ant eater escape. The ant eater cuts off the giant ant head with, with a machete, and it's just the two of them among the ants. It's so <laughs> awesome already. Like, just out the gate, a kid swings on a vine and cuts off a giant ant's head with a machete. Yeah, so I want to make it shit. clear that that these giant ants are like, uh, they're like bulldozer-sized ants. They aren't, oh, yeah. like, like a giant ant could realistically be like the size of like a golden retriever, and it would be a giant ant, but it would still mm-hmm. be sort of moderate size in terms of general things. But <laughs> these ant eaters are, or sorry, these ants are huge. Like, yeah, each one's the size of like a bulldozer, like a city bus or something like that. It's terrifying. One of their heads is like half the size of this native child. Yeah, they can easily just eat you alive with their giant mandibles if it's a soldier ant. Anyhow. <laughs> So, uh, Via and Anteater make their way through the wilderness. They stop to eat emergency rations. Ant eats the wrapper they come in, and Via just tosses his, which is a, the first big step in Via um, making, uh, you know, calling Anteater a, uh, a mindless savage as Anteater saves their lives. Uh, yeah, it's the first step towards they- him just being the worst guy. <laughs> they uh, flag down, like, a, a, a petrol truck, a gas truck. And as will become a cliche for the series, they try unsuccessfully to convince the driver that the ants are about to attack. They aren't believed, and then everybody gets attacked by ants. (laughs) He sings Um, the song of ants. Don't you see? He's the ant bringer. (laughs) So Ant manages to kill all these ants by blowing up the fuel truck, and it turns out that the ants were tracking them by the smell from Via's ration pack. So like... Snap, don't litter. For the first but not the last time, the thing that Via insulted Ant for for being real dumb is in fact <laughs> um, like the only thing keeping them alive. <laughs> it happens at least three to four times per comic. <laughs> Meanwhile, Anteater sort of dines on gas-roasted giant ant. Hey, man. Food's food. It's yeah, delicious. So, so afterward, Via pulls a gun on Anteater to make him stop eating a roasted ant and find a trail for them to go on. Ant blazes a trail through the jungle. Uh, Via is skeptical, like, this guy's going to lead us to our deaths. And then immediately they arrive in the front gate of a big old plantation. So (laughs) Via takes credit for their successful navigation of of the jungle. By following the native child. Yeah. They arrive at the plantation and are immediately taken prisoner. They try unsuccessfully to convince the plantation owner (laughs) that giant ants are about to attack. They aren't believed. And then they are attacked by giant ants. (laughs) It's 
really quite amazing. <laughs> the ants are apparently smart. They take out all the power generators, preventing contact with the outside world. Yeah, and they sacrifice one of their own kind. It's awesome. And then yeah. very, very quickly, it seems like it's just like De Silva, the plantation owner, and Via, an anteater, against all the army of ants. Mm. So then <laughs> they're all trapped on the plantation. The ants are attacking, and they're under siege. Apparently, there actually were a bunch of people that survived, but it wasn't clear at the end of the previous Prague. <laughs> so now all the native workers and, you know, general sort of workers on the farm build a barricade as De Silva complains. Yeah. And, like, so what's the plan now? Uh, Via grabs a, a couple bales of dried tobacco leaves and throws, uh, sets them on fire and throws them at the ants, which holds them off. But then it starts raining and all the fires go out instantly. <laughs> So, oh, man. The time of the ants is nigh. Yeah, exactly. After yelling at Anteater for checking out a sewer line, uh, De Silva gets eaten by the ants, and Vilga, uh. Via gets knocked out, and he wakes up in the sewer, because Ant has, Anteater has dragged him there after knocking him out. Once again, saving his life after all of his bad ideas. Yeah, Via, uh, they're safe, and Via's, but Via complains, like, ew, it's smelly in this only place that's keeping us alive. <laughs> They make a break and jump into the Amazon and float away because ants can't swim. Oh. So finally, uh, oh, this is a five. So this is a five Prague month. So there's a lot going on in in July yeah. twenty seven, uh, 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 nineteen seventy eight. So finally, yeah. the boys are fl are floating down the river <laughs> and uh, they get picked up by a boat. It's like a a party boat owned by Big Bluffer, who's a gambling dude. They unsuccessfully try to convince Big Bluffer that giant ants are about to attack. They aren't <laughs> believed, and then they are attacked by giant ants. <laughs> um, in between there, though, Big Bluffer uh, proves himself to be a totally evil guy by basically saying, Hey, uh, welcome aboard my ship. Why don't you guys play Russian roulette? <laughs> There are, so there's thousands of giant ants floating on gigantic leaves from the jungle, I guess. Like, these these leaves are easily the size of a city block, each one. They're huge. Okay, not a city block, but, like, the size of, like, like a big, a big parking space or something like that. Um, the boys... Yeah, so uh, th then the boys get tossed overboard, and as the ants attacks the ship, Big Bluffer shoots himself with the Russian roulette gun rather than be eaten alive by ants. That's smart. Uh, I would have done the same thing. Yeah. I mean, fair. Via and Ant hide under one of the giant leaves. They drink the booze that Ant Eater stole from Big Bluffer. <laughs> further down the city, it, further down the river is a city, and Carnival has just started. Take a breath, man. That was a lot. <laughs> So, man, oh. like, at first, especially the first issue or the first, like, installment of Anteaters, I was like, good lord, this is super racist. Yeah, really bad. Um, just the, like, we're these um, army guys and we're going to kidnap these natives <laughs> and teach them the Western world and stuff. And then the way, just the way Via interacts with Ant and stuff is just like, good lord, this is racist. But, na but... Yeah. As it goes on, I feel like it's so cartoonishly over-the-top racist mm -hmm. that it goes back around to instead being, like, a commentary on, like, imperialism, I guess. So, I actually, I agree with that. I actually think there's a message here because 
Um, again, the the like native kid is it's a kid. He's younger. He's like maybe yeah. sixteen or something. Something like, that, like right? that. Yeah. And he's the one doing all of the cool stuff. He's the one who's like trying to help. He helps this guy. He's trying to feed them. He's trying to be like smart about situations. Clearly, never judging this guy, despite this dude ordering him to be beaten to a pulp. And throughout the entire thing, it's just pockmarked with every other character, almost like just a blanket of racism. Oh yeah. And, and and I really think it's it's a commentary for kids to be like, wow, all of these guys are really huge jerks and even if they kind of did have an attachment, the kid's always the winner, you know. Yeah, and like all the places they go to are basically uh, imperialist sites essentially. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a truck full of gas. It's a plantation that one man owns yeah. where he like mistreats his workers and stuff like that. It's a it's a riverboat of shady gamblers like mm-hmm. just making money off people and stuff like that. It's, I, like, it's a really well-crafted story. Like, all the places they go to are, like, super, like, this This is of the West, and these guys are jerks. Mm-hmm. And, and then, and like, you... And, oh, and then, oh, sorry. And then Anteater and, and, and Via have this total um, Dennis Dunn, Kurt Russell in a <laughs> Big Trouble in Little China-style um, relationship oh, where yeah. there's this sort of, like, jerk, like, white dude <laughs> that <laughs> takes... takes um, credit for all this stuff that the um that the non-white dude is doing and accomplishing and winning the day for him and stuff like that yeah exactly and like none of this would happen if it hadn't been for a bunch of like army guys that were just sort of (laughs) decided to use experimental insecticide on an anthill basically for shits and giggles well if there's anything i've learned about comic books it's that everything bad always or awesome starts with a canister of questionable material i mean fair you know so but uh, yeah it, it's an insane um it's an insane book i really wasn't expecting this uh out of ant wars it uh it kind of caught me on fire a bit I basically kind of I, I I said to my Facebook friends like I'm reading this comic book I think it's about an anti-imperialist message but it's hard to sort of get into it's it's hard to sort of be sure about that because it's also about giant ants. <laughs> <laughs> it's like there's a lot going on. <laughs> they really I it's it's hard to really say. I hope people are are at least reading along because. Uh, Oh boy! Um, some of the th- just a lot of the things that happen in this—it's just this series of unfortunate events. Mm-hmm. Oh, I want to also say that uh, Ant Wars, the script robot, is a uh, Gary Finley Day, who's done a lot of work on both Dan Dare and Invasion previously. Mm-hmm. And then the art robots are uh, Jose Luis Ferrer and Lozano. And by the way, both of the art styles really striking; like they're really yeah. great. I mean, it's definitely one of these sort of flesh shacko kind of situations where they've hired guys that are really into drawing giant ants, you know? <laughs> <laughs> which is a which is a talent that can't be underestimated. Honestly, like it's very important that people be into drawing these ants if we're going to have these ants. You know what I mean? I'd rather have artists be, you know, passionate about their work. It's, it seems like it is. I don't know. <laughs> oh jeez. Yeah, but so we're gonna we got about ten more episodes of uh, of Ant Wars. It's just oh, sort of this awesome. little little thing is gonna take us through to October. Um, oh, that's and great! It gets, it gets pretty fun. There's a lot going on with these Ant Wars. <laughs> right, I'm excited. Yeah, 
But speaking of stories not continuing, Thrill 2 Inferno. So Inferno... My heart is uh, weeping. It's tough, man. Yeah, so script robot is uh, Tom Tully, art robot Massimo Bellardinelli. So we'll remember last time um, Gruber had sort of been... Artie Gruber, um, former opposing teammate, now cyborg, obsessed with killing the Harlem Heroes slash Hellcats, <laughs> had gone on a rampage and killed the uh, members of the crime syndicate that had been threatening the Hellcats as well, <laughs> and yep. then sort of gone flying into like the harbor or something, and to remind himself to stay on his toes, uh, John Giant Clay had just has a bought a robot that looks exactly like Gruber to remind him to be vigilant or something. He's such a genius. So that night, <laughs> immediately after purchase, after getting it delivered, uh, the Gruber robot goes immediately goes on a rampage. Who could have known? <laughs> it, uh, it kidnaps Giant and the next day arrives to tell the Hellcats that they have to come to the Death Bowl if they want to get him back alive. Then Which is the, the site of their first match, right? Yeah, the uh, the former stadium of the Washington Wolves. Mm. Then the uh, Gruber bot explodes and it kills Venner, which is another one of the Hellcats. And we end with the team driving out to the uh, Washington Wolves stadium. So we've already got one person down. Yeah. So in the Wolves stadium, there's a gravestone for Giant, and it's mess and it's completely wrong. Because it lists his life as 2150 to 2175, which, like, one. Um, Harlem Heroes, the first one, starts in, like, 2050 or something like that. Oh, my God. Um, and, you know, for Giant to be alive, to be the father of Judge Giants in 2099, he can't have been born 50 years later, right? <laughs> um, Typo. So this is, like... And, like, plus, like, we aren't in... This story isn't, doesn't take place in the aftermath of the Atomic War in 2070, which we just learned about in um, mm-hmm. in Judge Dredd, you know. I think an honest lifespan for Judge for Giant would be having being born in, like, um, 2025 or something like that. Yeah. And then sort of... Or maybe, like, maybe, <laughs> like, 2030, so that he's 20... During the events, of, or like in his early twenties, during the events of Harlem Heroes, a little older now, dude. What this is? This is like I'm trying to put it together, you know. I'm trying attention to, to detail, man. I'm oh, trying to. It. I'm trying to create a, a cohesive worldview in this sort of um, ridiculous boys comic from the late seventies. All right. <laughs> I, uh, I definitely glazed right over that without thinking about it. I saw it, and I was like, now I am I need to write a letter to Tharg, like, 40 years later. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Please? I mean, okay, but... Um, <laughs> um, there's a continuity error here. There's a, there's a typo in, um, in Prague 71, thank you very much. <laughs> or 72. Oh, so, man. uh... And then they'll so, just give you some back <laughs> Probably. I mean, I don't think they'd print it. I don't know. Um, but so uh, the the team meets like a floating set of clothes with devil eyes who claims to <laughs> be the crime syndicate. Like, I am the syndicate. Uh, all right. Like, cool guy. 
Yeah, and he reveals that Giant is tied up, strapped spread eagle uh, um, across a bomb in front of the wolf's score cave. Yep. If they touch him, he'll explode, and so would the concussion from a cave-in being scored, which means now the Hellcats have to win a game of Inferno against a bunch of crazy wolf robots. I get, the setup is just so insane. Yeah, so this team has to fight the wolf robots to free Giant if they can score... Um, if the wolf, so like it's these big wolf, it's these robots, they got big wolf faces and they're like, you know, just do Inferno stuff. They ride the bikes and f- flying the jetpacks and stuff. They look so awesome. <laughs> they look super, uh, they look super duper awesome. But if they score one point or one cave in the giant dies. But if the Hellcats can score 60 points, which is 20 cave ins, then giant goes free. <laughs> The syndicate has generously provided our guys with Inferno supplies, so let's match. Which is really weird. Like they got a giant jetpack for uh, for Moody Blue. Yeah, for Moody Blue, they the they're they're a caveman guy. So immediately as the match starts, Moody Blue blocks a shot on goal, and that destroys one of the robots. But another one takes their place. So it looks like there's just going to be an endless supply of robots coming back uh-huh. in, no matter how many they kill. Not a good outlook on this situation. Yeah. So we also learned there are still rules, apparently, in this game, where where <laughs> Mo- when Moody Blue commits a penalty, a ref robot comes up and, like, shoots him in the arm, which makes him less effective, which is sort of the effect of the penalties <laughs> set up, I guess. It's weird, but all right. Yeah, but so things are going super fast. You know, we talked last... Um, well, not last one, because we did this, 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 the sci-fi special, but the last time we did mm-hmm. Prague's how because of sort of outcry from that one where where gruber poured gasoline all over giant and stuff and they were just sort of like management was wanted to kill off this story so things are going very fast right now um junk jackson and marvin blue uh moody's brother both die on the same page and mostly off screen and so you sort of end with there being only four team members left um, this issue also, um, like the back page, has a pinup of Artie Gruber rides, rising from its from his grave, it's, and it's. I'm printing it out. It's super yeah. dope. <laughs> it's so good. He's doing like the like you know from the torso up from the grave and the hand rising up and stuff. It's awesome. That <laughs> oh, looks so good. But so finally, uh, the Hellcats are fighting bravely as Lewis tries to find this signal behind the wolf droids. And because basically management wants to end the story ASAP, Tharg basically butts in in the narration and he yada yadas, like basically two more progs of action, if you ask me. Yeah. Um, like the death of former hero of he- of former heroes members, uh, Slim and Zack are part of that yada yada. And then Lewis gets the code and self-destructs all the robots. Giants freed, but before they can celebrate, the syndicate rep shoots the two other remaining uh, team members, Lewis and Moody Blue, in the back. And tells Giant that the syndicate has won and blames the death of the entire team on Giant. He's left crucified to a bomb in the wreckage of the robot and all of his friends. It's really horrible. Cut, yeah. It's a devastating, like, end. Seriously, yeah. Cut to a goddamn cemetery where the yep. entire team is being buried. <laughs> Although, apparently, I guess, um, Cindy, like the lady who was riding one of the bikes in an earlier, in earlier parts of the story, didn't die, but was just injured. 
Although she says she was repaired, which doesn't make any mm. sense because she's a regular no. person. And I feel like maybe they might be confusing her with like Pearl the robot woman. Like maybe they don't remember what happened and thought that maybe Cindy was in fact Pearl or something like that. I don't know. Um, or there was more story that we just never got. Yeah, but that's basically it. Uh, evil triumphs. The Hellcats will always be remembered. Uh, the Harlem Heroes will be back in 1990 with a majority white cast and a series widely thought of as being one of the worst things 2008 has ever done. Oh. <laughs> but yeah. Conrad, I, I, don't, I don't know what to say to that. I mean, we'll get to it eventually, hopefully. But um, yeah, it's really just, they seem like they just... <laughs> Put everything in overdrive that like the the Tharg note in the middle on yeah. in, of, of the story in page uh, in Prague seventy five is really like a bummer. Like just like hey, we got to finish this up so X Y Z happens, and then finally here is a skip ahead. You know, yeah. Like it seems like to me just as sort of a as a backseat editor. Like so I know so like I know that. Um, Basically, there's going to be a big sea change in Prague 85, and they're probably planning ahead for it. Like, at the end of Prague 85, all the current stories end, and then there's a fresh start in Prague 86, basically. Mm. So, I could definitely see um, this Harlem Heroes story being sort of having ten more issues, basically. Like, yeah. the the Tharg yada yada part could have been, like, two or three issues, honest, or two, two or three three progs honestly and then they could have you know had some had maybe like six or seven more stories that were sort of sort of giant uh finishing up with a syndicate or something like that or it yeah alternately the team oh go ahead oh please go ahead no no no, no, no. uh just that or or like the the team continue like surviving and being able to play and actually winning like a cup or some sort of award in um Mm -hmm. In Inferno, like we sort of finished with them winning the semifinal before sort of the East Coast Cup or something like that. So, sort of them, sort of them dying in the middle of the season doesn't seem like a good way to end a sport comic. You kind of want them to get to the finals and see how the finals ends up, you know? Yeah, exactly. Like that's I would imagine the whole purpose of a, a sport comic, right? Other than like some some other uh, outside character building. But the the one thing that I'll say. And why I wasn't completely in hate with this is, you know, obviously we've been talking about kind of the situation that was set up with the whole Gruber gasoline thing. But Mm -hmm. I, despite how rushed it is at the end, the villain is ridiculous um, and, and you don't really question it and they don't really like, they're just like, yeah, he's fucking invisible. It doesn't matter. I don't know. it, It still kept itself like not serious enough. Yeah, I mean, uh, and then I, immediately hits you in the feel zone as like these people. You, I actually started to like the team. Yeah, um, me too. And we had other characters to go off of. So yeah, I'm just bummed that. Yeah, I'm bummed that that's end. And like, I just feel like I'm. I'm glad that they didn't just like end it. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> like that, they sort of did actually end up taking a couple of weeks to sort of put it in fast forward and rush to an end as opposed to just being like, all right, like off, you know what I mean? But yeah, exactly. It's still like just the situation is kind of a bummer. And this end is, is a, uh, is sad in terms of just like what could have happened, I guess. It, I wasn't expecting like something this devastating by the end of these, um, especially with how intense, like this whole, run this whole july 
uh, segment is like really intense stories. They're very yeah. good. And uh, like even this one, yeah. which is like not like crap. I mean, it, it, uh, brushed basically. Yeah. And I just, I just, I, I really hate how sort of evil triumphs and that's sort of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like, like we don't really see that. Like the end of this is really like, is really bleak, honestly. <laughs> like we'll always remember the heroes, but like the heroes really just kind of died for nothing. Yeah. And there wasn't like a big, you know, the syndicate would, didn't really get a comeuppance, I guess. So I don't know. Yeah. It hurts. But I think some, I, I, that's kind of what makes me like it in a way. I, I mean, it ends up, yeah, it ends up being bold storytelling just sort of by default, I guess. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sadness. For sure. But hey, speaking of uh, progs that almost got 2000 AD, the magazine completely canceled. Uh, <laughs> Thrill 3, Judge Dredd. So, uh, you were right. I loved this. <laughs> I want you to know. Excellent. So yeah, so script robot this month is uh, Pat Mills. Art robot is Mike McMahon. Burger War, <laughs> and it's it's actually a burger war, and it's yeah. really twisted. So uh, the Land Raider breaks down, and while it's being fixed, Dread spikes Harvey Rotten, of course, go out to do some recon. They end up in a town called In Between. They go in a diner and Spikes orders a burger and fries and gets immediately attacked by a mob. <laughs> the townsfolk explain, um, or the townsfolk start to explain, but suddenly they are under attack by the forces of the Burger King. And then Ronald McDonald and his crew show up and it's Burger War. Apparently with the yeah. lack of government following the atomic war, the national burger chain's relentless quests for power and control have led them to found road warrior style gangs. Man, no. they really wanted to ham on some themes with this, didn't they? <laughs> yeah. Note this is uh, pre road warrior, just saying. Anyhow. They there was a lot of firsts in this. In the melee, Ronald kills the Burger King and then he kidnaps Dread Rotten and the rest of the town. <laughs> He beheads the Burger King. It's pretty awesome. <laughs> so uh, the guys are brought to the McDonald Kingdom. Ronald talks a good game about a, uh, you know, a friendly, uh, good time, great taste, food folks and fun kind of empire. But <laughs> then kills a random guy for not cleaning a table quickly. Time to lean indeed. <laughs> um, wow. They eat some burgers, and Dread and Spikes escape the guards, who are slowed down by a diet of burger and shakes, and they make their <laughs> escape. As they do, they run into a huge cattle stampede, started by the Burger Kings. And the cattle are apparently the size of elephants? Yeah, they're huge uh, mutated cattle to feed a I, hungry burger empire. I thought there wasn't any more beef, which was why people started going back in time for dinos. Man, that's like a hundred years from now. Oh. It's the 23rd century that it happened, oh. so like... <laughs> The 2200s. Gotcha. Yeah, man. We're, we're about to get to it. <laughs> I'm um, excited. I'm excited. Yeah. So, oh, I also want to mention that uh, both the Burger King and Ronald McDonald, the head of these factions, are mm -hmm. actually like, um, um, I don't know what they're called, but like they're like the phantom of uh, comic book fame. Like if you kill or a, or a Raz Al Ghul, like if you yeah. kill if you kill the Burger King, some other guy takes up the crown and becomes the new Burger King. Same with Ronald McDonald. It's it's really great. <laughs> um. So 
the burger, so the the giant cows are stampeding, and the and um, Dread and Spikes get captured by the Burger Kings. They're about to be they're about to be hung from trees when the Land Raider shows up, and they're saved basically. Yeah, the Land Raider murders all the guys, and then they take it. Yeah, Dread decides to organize an expedition an expedition to take these guys down later. But for now, it's time to get back on track to Mega City Two. Hey, man. Gotta save some lives. And Which then suddenly me- dinosaurs. <laughs> then suddenly dino stampede. So awesome. Uh, there's dinosaurs all over the place. Fires from the Land Raiders scares the dinos off eventually. And we find out that we must be near Dinosaur National Park. What the fuck? And the dinos must have got loose during the uh, Atomic War. But up in the hills, a Styracosaurus screams as it is being eaten. By a giant black Tyrannosaurus Rex. <gasps> so that takes us to some quick uh, flashbacks for the Dinosaur National Park, <laughs> where it's basically literally the plot. Of, like I believe Michael Crichton stole the plot of Jurassic Park from this 2000 AD stories because it's it's similar, guys. It's um, really similar. A science dude combines dinosaur DNA with existing animal DNA to create dinosaur clones. <laughs> I'm just saying. And then uh, they the first one is a tiny T-Rex that they named Satanus. Satanus grows huge, fed on herds of sheep and stuff. Eventually it becomes too, too expensive to feed. But the scientists decide to open a theme park for people to see brought to see dinosaurs brought back from the Jurassic period to make a bunch of money. <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying. All went well until Satanus eats a couple tourists. Then, because he didn't eat his drug meat. Yeah. <laughs> so he escapes rather than be lobotomized to become more docile. And now he haunts the mountains looking for prey, especially human prey. Mm, he loves the taste of human beings. I wonder who that sounds like. Uh, and he also uh, leads a uh, pack of hungry Tyrannosaurus. <laughs> But so the uh, the team rolls into the friendly town of repentance, not knowing the hell about to find them. Oh, so awesome! So we the next prog starts with Satanus getting involved in an awesome dinosaur fight to establish himself as king of the T Rexes, <laughs> and then rips a tail off a dude. Yeah. Meanwhile, Dread and Co are stopped for repairs again, and we learn that Tweak is learning English, but Just not all. Neat. What? Kind of neat. Yeah, totally. Yeah, well, Tweak's smart, as we'll see in the coming months. Mm. But um, but as the, but but then we learn not all is as it seems. Their food is drugged. Um, <laughs> Dread is carried off to be sacrificed to the dinos, and then we get a flashback from the point of view of Satanus. Apparently, he has memory from his previous pre-clone life when he was the son of Old One Eye from Flesh. So awesome. <laughs> it comes back. It's in Judge Dredd. I'm just yeah. saying. So there's actually, I, I forget which prog, but there was actually a, um, one prog where a young T-Rex challenged Satanus for dominance of the, or challenged Old One Eye for dominance of the pack, and that was apparently Satanus in his previous life before he was cloned. What? Yeah. So. Awesome. We were just talking about this, Fox. So here's the timeline, all right? Um, the future part of Flesh, like the part where they send people in the f- mm. back to get meat, is in the 23rd century. So at least 100 years after the current Judge Dredd continuity. Got it. And then the past is, of course, like 65 million years in the past. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Um, 
But Flesh is now specifically and textually linked to Judge Dredd. Good times. Like, there's even a picture of, like, Earl Reagan and stuff like that. Yeah, like an updated picture. It looks great. He looks like a badass. (laughs) So anyhow, uh, in the year 2100... Dread is a, is about to be sacrificed. He's tied to like these stala- uh, limestone stalagmites. It's weird um, because the people in repentance see the dinosaurs as the future rulers of the world, and so they've chained Dread and Spikes to rock formations as sacrifices. The bell tolls for you, Judge Dread. Indeed. So we finished Judge Dread this month with the town folk watching like a dino fight in an arena of like two like uh, Dionychuses, I believe. Yeah. Which is what we used to have for tiny claw dinosaurs before Michael Crichton invented velociraptors. Um, <laughs> so we see these dinos fighting as people bet on them, and Tweak looks on sneakily. Dread manages to find a T Rex tooth lodged in the rock formation he's tied to and frees himself in spikes. Really lucky that was up there. Hey, that's how it goes sometimes. <laughs> uh, the the two run, and Spikes uses the grenade he's been wearing as an earring to kill one of the T-Rexes by exploding it's, it. It's so cool. It's so awesome. A T-Rex explodes, and then other T-Rexes eat it. Yeah, and the shrapnel hits Satanus, and now he's out for blood because he got hurt. You don't mess with him. Yeah, so Dread and Spikes rejoin the Land Raider, and they realize that Judge Jack has been um, imprisoned in the town of Repent, so they have to go free him. Um, and he, because he's about to be sacrificed. But as he, as Judge Jack sits in prison, Satanus attacks the jail first, basically <laughs> ripping out the wall with his teeth, jamming his face in, and everybody in the jail basically they're all chained together i guess so he eats like five people at once and then everybody else is sort of dangling from this chain hanging out of his mouth being dragged around by satanas it's really great all of these people are definitely dead including jack well jack's still alive but he's in a lot of trouble sort of you know it's only it's only a matter of time before satanas wolves him down too all right right so dread decides that enough is enough and it's time for a change uh Owen Hart style and so he tells everybody to evacuate the town because he and his war robots are about to raise it to the ground and that's Judge Dredd this month it was awesome it was so good it was so good from the burger wars to the dinosaur problems I loved it so in the aftermath of this comic um, McDonald's and Burger King both sued 2000 AD (laughs) (sighs) and we're like hey guys like fun is fun but you can't use our branded characters and slogans to create a murderous pocus to create a pair of murderous post-apocalyptic um road gangs i mean i wonder what got into their heads that they thought that that was like not going to get litigated because they don't even like like they spell mcdonald's differently Mm -hmm. right but the the character's named ronald mcdonald (laughs) They, they couldn't just call him uh, Donald McRonald or something. The Burger King is just straight up Burger King. <laughs> um, they don't even like try to say, like, it's not even like Burger Lord or something. Yeah. Or like, you know, like Reagan McDonald or, you know, just some other sort oh. of like, well, I'm just trying to think of all other oh, Ronalds, you know what I mean? Oh, but of like, course. But like something to be like, oh, it's this is like a parody or something. Cause, and it just didn't, it didn't fly. <laughs> In 1970s um, um, Britain, the the interesting thing is that actually England's recently changed their uh, satire laws in like 2014. 
Really? Which, yeah, which has allowed 2008 to actually legally reprint like these and some stories we'll see next month that had been sort of gagged by um, by the copyright laws previously. Like that before is the, awesome. Yeah, before this, if you bought like a graphic novel of the cur- of Judge Dredd and the Cursed Earth, like th- these two um, progs wouldn't be in it. So they sort of just re-released them with like the the lost stories of like the uh, the burger wars and stuff. I just there's so much good murder in this. There's oh. a lot of good violence. There's some good like social commentary about America and stuff. With just yeah, these, these burger wars being like fought. There's there, like one story. One story ends with like like come next week burger war, and the next one is a uh, next week burger law. And burger law just sounds so funny to me. <laughs> the and burger then, law, pickles, uh, mayonnaise. Yeah, and then all this dinosaur stuff is super awesome. Um, we're gonna Satanus is gonna be, kind of become not a, like a super reoccurring bad guy, but he's gonna show up now and then. Um, and Wait, his spawn, more of old one eye spawn. He's coming back. I mean, I don't want to get too into it, honestly. Uh, we'll no, cross. It just, it just makes me really happy. <laughs> we'll cross these bridge, these bridges as we get to it. But, um, you know, murderous T Rexes, not a fairly long term. Well, they're a fairly long term problem for Judge Dredd. <laughs> it's good. And and 2000 AD characters in general, you know. Oh God, I love it. I, lo- I didn't know I loved dinosaurs as much as I do now. I mean, you know, everyone likes them when they're kids. You just got to be reminded of, um, you know, these murderous giant lizards that just eat everything in their path, you know. It's not what they were actually like, but these fictional dinosaurs are still pretty awesome, you know. Oh, God, they're great. Like, Neil deGrasse Tyson will yell at you about them, but they're still pretty fun. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's great. But hey, speaking of uh, things that maybe aren't that fun... Uh, non-thrills, nerve center, and contests. Before we start, The Outrider by Denny's Fisher. I want one. <laughs> Wait, what's that? The Outrider. So. Uh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's one of the commercials in yeah. uh, in these in these progs. There's like this thing that's like a uh, what? It's kind of like a skateboard, right? <laughs> well, so it's you you kneel on it and you have your left hand like controls the the front wheel and then there's a yeah. back and then it looks like you use your right leg to like push it around it yeah, looks it, like the worst thing in the entire world yeah, but it, i want one it looks like a uh, a skateboard that you kneel on with like an outrigger like an outrigger canoe it's so weird and his helmet's weird everything well, like, about this is strange well like all like all the safety equipment that we see in, and for skateboarding stuff too that happens in these progs looks really weird just because it's 1978 era era safety equipment like, fair enough there hasn't been a lot there's been a lot of there's actually been a fair amount of advances since then <laughs> but so this is for like letter pages and then you know the Tharg's nerve center and stuff like that there's actually not a lot of stuff this month mm. I'd say like like Prog seventy one doesn't even have like a nerve center. It just goes straight into Ant Wars, which is the right choice, honestly. Um, Prog seventy two has a nightmare inducing cover of a clown eating a burger full of Judge Dredd. Mike That's like Mc- two nightmares. Mike McMahon's um, 
art for the Burger Wars is like is terrifying, and you can really see why they won this court case because it's like it's really awesome, but it's also like does not present a good picture of Ronald McDonald or the Burger King. Funny enough, that was actually a direct quote from the judge that presided. <laughs> Possible. <laughs> <laughs> it's really awesome, but you guys can't do this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So there's other ones where it's just like sort of Thor giving big, um, like explaining contests. Like one of the contests is really, it's like there's a skateboard contest, 500 pounds worth of prizes must be won for skateboarding uh, prizes. You're supposed to find skateboarders hidden throughout the Prague. Like just sort of there's one picture of a skateboard and you're supposed to look through the pages and try to find them. And I didn't find any, which is freaking me out a little bit, honestly. Uh, I didn't look because I don't think I can win the skateboard. Uh, fair. It was, you know, again, m- maybe send it in. Who knows? <laughs> That's true. They they must be won. Yeah, exactly. Um, the final one in Prague 75 was mostly just letters saying, um, it sucks that, that you killed Mach 1 and we're sad that he's dead, which is fair. Well, you know, you're missing one of the more important um, non-throw materials, though. The oh, horrid Green Cross code. The Green co- Okay. So, several progs end with a commercial for the, uh, for Sarah and Tim learned the Green Cross code, which... Which both look like men. Yeah, they're two... Yeah, so, so the Green Cross code, right, in England is basically, um, look both ways before you cross in the street. I believe the Green, I believe Green Cross was their, like, walk sign in, like, uh, streetlights and stuff. I guess. In um, England? I don't know. I don't know for sure. But that's basically what it is. Um, but it's just sort of a public service announcement to cross the road before you before you look. Or it's obnoxious. To, to look both ways before you cross the road. You know. It's obnoxious. Um, but I hate the, it so much. Yeah. Well, it's sort of, you know, as uh, as grown men, I think we know, we know it. But I guess kids have to be taught this stuff. Fair the, enough. The funny thing is that the personification of teaching the Green Cross Code is this character called the Green Cross Man, <laughs> um, who is a dude. He wears sort of, you know, a superhero suit essentially with green cro- with a, a green X uh, iconography. Yeah, all over it. So I got the reason I know so much about this is because um, I looked it up when I got this part in the comics because the character of the Green Cross Man has a very like at the end you see his face and it's very it's a very realistic drawing so I assumed it was a regu- it was a real person but mm-hmm. I didn't know who the person was so I, I okay. looked it up and the person who it is is a uh, Dave Prouse who okay. you may know as the body of Darth Vader from the Star Wars movies. Oh, oh really? Yeah. Damn. All right. So he was this, um, you know. <laughs> That's kind of a weird meta T- advertisement. Yeah, tall English guy who just sort of taught kids not to, um, to or to look both ways before they cross the street. Don't die by cars. It's a stupid death. I mean, you know, there's worse ways to die, but also better ways. <laughs> but also better ways. That's right. <laughs> But honestly, uh, speaking of worse ways to die, Thrill 4, Mach 0. Oh, God, it's so good. (laughs) Uh, The script robot for Mach 0 was Jeffrey Miller, and the art robot was Mike Dory and Montero. 
so beautiful. I love the art. God. Yeah. So we remember uh, last month, uh, Mach Zero, who's this sort of in, you know incredible Hulk based guy, basically on the look for his son, um, had been taken hostage by American Daredevil cousin George. And George had just performed like a big sh- uh, stunt show centered around Zero that was make you know being a jerk to him basically. And Zero's buddy um, Gimpy had organized <laughs> this uh, hobo army basically <laughs> to come and rescue Zero. And boy, do they look like a vagrant army. Yeah, so the vagrant. So we start with the vagrant army on the march. Um, they enter the theater and find it empty, but the doors close behind them. And they see that actually there is still Cousin George and his goons armed with guns. <laughs> Which, uh, it's a pretty unfair fight. Yeah, but they luckily have uh, the... The uh, they have blind Barty who leads their battle as the bums attack, and it includes their ace in the hole Peter Reaper, who is this old guy with like a scythe that starts cu- cutting into dudes, basically. Oh, it's so awesome! He just murders a bunch of dudes on stage, but the the sage guy starts singing a song, and like these people start appearing to beat the hell out of everything. Yeah, he sings the order of battle, and it goes to the tune of uh, the Twelve Days of Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> but uh <laughs> so Gimpy finds out that Zero's in the basement of the theater and goes to free him, cousin George in pursuit, but suddenly Zero is on the loose. He takes a shotgun blast to the chest and swears revenge. Let death come to them. And so he starts shaking pillars around. Yeah, man, Zero's bringing down the house, uh Samson style. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Every- <laughs> Everybody run! So Zero and the, and the Vagrant Army escape the collapse of the building. Zero thanks them, and then he goes into the sewer to finish off Cousin George, who's hiding in there. And things get real weird. As George runs, as Cousin George runs to the sewer, he finds, like, an alcove that he hides in. But as he does, the sewer starts to fill with water, and Cousin George is unable to escape. He drowns in the sewers of London. The sound of rushing water, not adoring crowds, roaring in his ears. It's super horrific. <laughs> Meanwhile, Zero just kind of walks off into the distance, uh, Incredible Hulk style. You know, dun dun whatever. Sad piano. And, and like, saying how he can't go back to his hobo friends because he's like, no, they'll beat him up and I don't want him to get hurt. Yeah, exactly. So zero. So next up, uh, zero goes to sleep in the front yard of a fancy mansion. <laughs> Inside the mansion, a bunch of rich guys, led by a dude named Sir Charles Hilliers, are building basically like like an Iron Man type suit. I'd say. Yeah, it's meant to not care about radiation and all yeah. this other jazz. And so they uh, to test it, they put obvious nerdlinger Harry Winthrop inside the suit. Always a good idea to put the uh, the underdog inside. You know, the oh, one yeah, the one you picked on all the time. Mm-hmm. They run a bunch of tests on the suit, like bombard with radiation and stuff, and it's all good. But when the uh, grand assembly of evil appears to bid on the suit, they can't get them out. Like, okay, they don't say that all the people in the parlor of this big house of this big mansion that are about to bid on this. Uh, big powered armor suit or evil they don't explicitly say it but it's heavily implied oh, <laughs> if you yeah. ask me 
he invited wealthy and influential people. It's the kind of it's the kind of folks that would raise a glass if you said like uh, everyone to evil, like yeah. to, they would they would eat happily toast evil. Anyhow, <laughs> but they, so they can't get the uh, they can't get the armor off of Harry or off yeah. Um, when they try to like saw it off with a hacksaw, he screams because the armor feels like his skin. There's just one thing to do, Fox, and that's uh, break out the flamethrowers and burn them to death. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it is one of my favorite pictures in the entire comic. This guy is real on fire and real scared. Yeah, well, they're just like, all right, can't get him, can't get him out of the suit. I just cook him alive in there. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> Leave me alone. <laughs> We're going to deal with this problem super swell. Yeah. So the super suit's on fire. Uh, Harry isn't dying like they'd like him to. Instead, he uh, melts a hole in the wall and uh, makes a break for it. Yeah, he absorbs all the heat and is able to use it to, like, super hot stuff. Exactly. The goons open fire and this wakes up Zero. Zero empathizes with with Harry's plight. And the two of them rampage through the Grand Assembly of Evil. And we get a really uh, early glimpse that uh, Harry's a total jerk. Yeah. So uh, they run off in the countryside. Harry says he has a plan. Meanwhile, there the other uh, guy behind the suit says they must be stopped because just like how he absorbed a bunch of heat from the flamethrowers and then could ex- um, exude it as like his own flame, because he was bombarded with all that radiation, he could probably use exude it and become like a radiation bomb, essentially. Hey, Conrad. Yeah. Um, haven't touched a ciggy with real tobacco since the government stopped smoking campaign in the 80s. This substitute bakey, or backy is ham and tomato flavored. That's shocking. Although also pre-stage uh, is vaping, I'm just trying to say. it. Yeah, I, I just, uh, ham and tomato? Like, not what I would want to smoke. I mean, who, uh... Who can tell with these weird British uh, flavors, you know? It's the Jones soda of cigarettes. Possible. <laughs> anyway. Anyhow. <laughs> so, so uh, in the final uh, episode of the Prague, uh, Zero and Harry take down the phone lines to the mansion and they break the gates so that no one can escape. They head <laughs> into the mansion to get revenge on the jerks there, but... Harry thinks to himself that afterwards he'll kill Zero because Zero's kind of being a jerk. Or not being a jerk, he's kind of actually being a reasonable person. Yep. And Harry's like, no, I'm mad with revenge. <laughs> and that's, really is. That's probably a bad idea, honestly. You don't want to mess with Zero. But so... As he quickly learns, like everyone else. Yeah. As the crowd in the mansion panics, one of them, Dr. Moxon, who is apparently the mind behind the hyperpuncture experiment that created both Mach Zero and Mach 1... Uh, uses he recognizes Zero and uses his wrist radio to call for help. So great, he's a little Dick Tracy. Yeah. Meanwhile, the dude behind Harry's situation, Sir Charles Hilliers, tries to drive away, but Zero punches the car he's driving into oblivion. <laughs> really does, and then rips the door off. Yeah. Um, Zero tries to stop Harry, but Harry's rapidly going crazy. The two of them start brawling, and then the army shows up and drops nerve gas all over the mansion. It <laughs> just seems to solves a lot of problems. Yeah, it just seems to be the knockout kind of nerve gas, I guess. Yep. Um, except for Harry, who thinks he's won, but then the nerve gas makes the processes of his suit go into hyperdrive, and it basically just melts off his body. 
Yeah, it's real gross and weird. Yeah. Uh, Harry's okay, though, and Zero is recaptured and taken back into custody, and that's it for Mach Zero. I, I was going to ask you, is this the actual end? No, he'll be back in 1980. Oh, that's so long from now. Yeah. This is a really good storyline, man. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, it was awesome, and the end of the of the Vagrant Army stuff was really cool, and just like... <sighs> Zero being tossed into this. That actually seems to be what they do with Mog Zero, where they just sort of toss him into some other mad science situation and have him deal with it. You know, like that was the plot of the uh, of the super of the sci-fi special too. Yeah, and all he wants to do be with his son. He just wants just to find his son, man. Yeah, and like like everyone he like hangs out with for the most part, he's really nice to. And then they. Just he just keeps falling age. in with bad people and people who have like uh, hair triggers and stuff. They can't handle yeah. the fact that he's kind of a clumsy, super strong guy. Yeah, I mean, vagrants could. He could have lived with vagrants forever. It's true. Peace. Yeah, it's really too bad. I mean, there's not much I can say. I it was such a short run for this, but um, every step of the way, I feel like Mog Zero has been in my in my opinion. Obviously, the kids who are writing in disagree, but it it was so much better than Mach One. So much mm. more focused. So much more enjoyable. Um, yeah, it's like a Hulk story, and like it, I get into problems because I'm a dimwit. But for the most part, um, he retains this sort of um, air of like trying to be good. But yeah, I like a really massive man. I honestly like the Incredible Hulk stuff more than the Six Million Dollar Man stuff of Mach One. Mm-hmm. You know, I agree. Yeah, this is super fun for sure. Hey, speaking of, I don't know. I'm out of it now. I was going to find some way to, to link it to worms, but I can't really do it. But anyhow, <laughs> Thrill 5, Dan Dare. Oh, my gosh. So uh, script robot for Dan Dare is Jack Adrian. Art robot is Dave Gibbons. Worm attack. Oh, it's a worm uh, attack. It's really super gross. It's got ooze coming out of its weird mouth. Butthole yeah. mouth. So, uh, so Dan Dare and Pilot are showing down with a former Obadiah Crow, who's now a giant worm with huge teeth in the front of it. It's they, really gross. They succeed in taking it out, but not before Pilot gets swallowed by the worm, basically to the waist. Um, and meant munched on a little bit, man. Yeah. he's not looking great. He gets pretty. I mean, he's pretty obviously eaten. He's not just like someone tossed a sleeping bag on over his head. Like he's been chewed a little bit. Yeah. Um, Dan carries the injured steersman out to the village, where a, which is now a huge worm hive. The team tries to leave, but they get back to the ship, and then now the insides of the star fort are full of giant worms. Oh, no. Yeah, they are everywhere. And they're gross, and they're writhing all over each other. Yeah. Worm attack, too. They're everywhere. <laughs> After shooting a ton of wor- a ton of worms, uh, Dan Dare activates the auto pest remover, which sends fifty thousand volts of electricity through the surface of the ship, turning all the worms to ash. Which what? They just have everything in the Dan Dare battle playset. Don't worry, Fox. We're safe because of the rubber soles of our boots. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, kind of, but. It's a lot of electricity, man. If you think you think enough electricity to turn, uh, to turn like a, a billion flesh-eating giant worms into ash, would be able to defeat maybe half an inch of rubber on everybody's shoes. I'm <laughs> but, pretty certain, yes. But apparently not. <laughs> um, I, it's super rubber. 
Yeah, the worms are all dead, but then the Vrak, the alien attackers from last month, show up to yell at our guys. But instead of attacking, they send like a, a diplomatic delegation. And they're like, we thought you were friends with the worms because you kind of killed us when we tried to stop you from going to talk to the worms. But now it but seems it like seems you guys like are... cool. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. But since you fought them like we do, we're cool. The end. But things are getting rough for the Legion. Like, they're losing a lot of guys. And the survivors are like, this is like a suicide mission. We're just sort of slowly <laughs> losing people. Maybe we should stop doing this. And Dan gets very upset. Exactly. Last Dan Dare story. It's mutiny. Oh, geez. Um, but so, uh, pilot's okay. So we cut basically maybe like a week or two later on the Star Fort. Uh, pilot is okay and back on his feet. Gunner... Johansson, the victim of the uh, death flowers from last episode that, like, I don't know, eat people's brains, I guess. Yeah, wiggle tendrils inside your business. Yeah, he's um, in, like, a medical capsule, and he wakes up, and he's going crazy, like, rabid. Um, and then as Hitman and Dan Dare are trying to deal with him, the ship uh, uh, shakes, and we see that a... Uh, a jerk, lazy crew member has piloted the ship into a big meteor shower. And was like, uh, whatever, we'll just deal with it. And then it's like, are you crazy? We're about to die. Yeah, like, those are meteors hitting our ship. Yeah. You're just gonna sit there and like, oh, it's fine. <laughs> so a survey team is needed to check the damage to the ship and pilot volunteers. Out in space, they find a hole, but meteors are coming flying at them, and the crew abandons pilot, who is smashed to bits. Pilot Which is dead and Dan Dare is pissed. You're really pissed. Yeah. He uh, punches the leader of the survey team who draws a, his gun on Dare. It's mutiny. And, and Dare's just like, dude, you best think about this, son. Well, I mean, everybody does think about it, and only Hitman takes Dan Dare's side. <laughs> the two of them escape into the ship. And upon reaching sickbay, they see that Gunnar Johansson's sickbay pod is smashed. He's on the loose. A crazy man. Yeah. The pair of them escape into an anti-grav tunnel, which is basically an elevator, I guess. Uh, but as they sort of float down the tunnel, the mutineers kill the anti-grav, and uh, Dare starts to plummet to his death, because he's in the middle Next of the things. There's, there's oh, nothing to grab onto or anything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just love their weird bad joke. But so uh, Dare falls to his death as the uh, sky as the space fort flies into a meteor storm. At the last second, though, Dare is caught by the insane hands of Gunnar Johansson. <laughs> he starts yelling at Dare and talking about voices in his head, telling him to smash and destroy. On the bridge, the mutineer leader Haskins is about to kill a crewman for like messing up the meteor shower, but then Bear tells him to stop. Oh, not Bear! Bear, sta uh, Bear stabilizes the ship because he's been getting some flying tips from uh, Pilot before he died. Mm -hmm. And the hunt for Dan Dare is on. Meanwhile, Hitman is stuck in the anti-grav tunnel. He kills some dudes, but is then captured. He tries to run, but then is confronted by Bear. It's a showdown! I can't believe it. Yeah, Bear would go traitor. It's terrible. Bear was like... He was one of those standout characters. I loved Bear. I mean, he was one of the only characters, but I loved him. <laughs> For sure. <sighs> man, great fun showing Dan by Dan Dare. Yeah, fun Dan Dare stuff, man. These the 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 end of the worm fight, just the the cr the crazy stuff with the worms was really was really awesome. 
Well, and it's true that the the kill count has been going up. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it's, uh, I think, I, I don't think that the mutiny or the idea of it was too out of place. There wasn't enough murmuring for me in previous books to be like, oh, like, people are unhappy. But it, I'm all right with a good hand wave for schlock, right? Like, it's just yeah. like, we're moving on here. These guys are, like, they came from bad guy planet. You know yeah, what I mean? They came from the bad guy planet, and they have been losing a ton of red shirts. Yes. As time goes by, you know? So it makes sense that they'd be sort of unhappy about the current situation. It makes it makes pretty good sense to me, I think. Well, but I don't... I, th- this is the one weird inconsistency for me. I don't... They never said he couldn't come back if he started taking crazy casualties or something, did he? No. Or did they? No, I don't think so. They, they just kind of said, assemble your crew. Yeah, he's not, out, like, hey, he, he's not out. out there forever. He could head back if he wanted to, I think. Yeah. What if they, I mean, like, resupply, rest up. You guys have been, like, taking down evil star empires and getting chewed on by worms. Yeah, that's it not Dandere's style, though. You know, he just oh. r- 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 he just keeps people going until they r- rub down to nubs or something, basically. <laughs> I mean, yeah, deep deep down underneath, Dandere just wants to make sure everybody dies. <laughs> exactly. Hey, speaking of everybody dying... Oh, Drill no. six future shocks. Uh, just one future shock this month, uh, mm-hmm. written by by script robot Robert Flynn and art robot uh, Frizziano. So, uh, Red Packer is one of the world's greatest hunters. He's hired by aliens to hunt other aliens, but actually, he's being sent there to be hunted by aliens. So the hunter becomes the hunted. Bam, bam, bam. You know, <laughs> um, this story. I feel like this story would have been way better if they'd introduced Red um, hunting and killing an endangered species, like you know. They show him sort of hunting like a jaguar, but he's just knocking it out to put it in a zoo, basically. Yeah. Which makes it weird then that he's being hunted to the death by um, the other aliens, you know? It has to be like put in a zoo. Yeah, because yeah. usually they sort of have a thing where you do something and then that same thing happens to you and it's like, oh, you got to rethink your life. But like... He was taking, he took that jaguar alive to be like, you know, preserved and kept alive and stuff. So, this isn't the first anti hunting message that we've seen no. uh, in 2000 AD. And I think they, 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 especially with this Prague, I really do think that they're trying to, sh- they have a lot of things to say about particular topics and they really don't yeah. shy away from it. I just feel like it would have been a stronger message if they'd, um, or it would have been a more sort of like balanced message if they'd showed him killing something and then him being killed as opposed to him um, taking something back to a zoo as a, and then oh, being absolutely. killed. You know? Absolutely. But I mean, future shocks, if they don't hit, they almost always miss. Indeed. So, okay, Fox, that's it for pro- for, uh, for thrills this month. Whew, What's your uh, mess of a man? Yeah, well, you know, six is like a, the, me, the 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 usual amount, I think. But what well, are your? I just mean, in terms of like content, like it was. Oh so yeah, good for sure. So, what are your uh, top and bottom thrills this month? Oh, top, 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 top. So, um, top is dread. Yeah, me it's too. Hundred percent dread. Um, no, no choice on to me, honestly. Yeah, Burger Wars. Uh, if 
if you can hear our voices, you need to read Burger Wars. It's just, it's so ridiculous and and silly, uh, and it doesn't last long. It's only two two progs, three progs. Yeah, two. Progs. Yeah, Bur- Burger Wars and and Satanus is this one-two punch of just um, awesomeness, basically. I I really am worried. Conrad, that I am just a flesh fanboy, and does that make me a comic book hipster? Um. Oh yeah. I mean, <laughs> God damn. If you like, like, um, um, flesh is a real. That's real edge case. Um, favorite 2008 story. <laughs> oh my god, it's so. It, every time they bring it up, the so what I really love, and and this is kind of how I'll cap this off about um, Flesh and with the return of Satanus is the pacing for when old One-Eye was around doing things was there was this text box that really wasn't all that long and if it was long it was like really giving some interesting stuff and it mostly was like eat and you know devour and like really having some gross topics about just eating and blood and flesh and all this other stuff but it gives context to then yeah. the image that at. The uh, the uh, the, they, it, the yeah the internal monologue of savage murderer old one eye or Satanus. Yeah, and it, it's it was really um, I think thoughtful, enjoyable for them to say like this is how it was done in this. This is a character from that coming into this new universe. Of course, we're going to use like the context that we would have done in yeah. that context in this one. Yeah, I agree. These are man, they're so good. Oh gosh! So I'm I mean, guessing that's your top. Yeah, no, I was told. There's no other choice for me. I mean, like I said um, last time, we talked about we, we were on Prague's basically. You know, until like March of next, until March of '79, um, Dread has it's it's Dreads to lose the, this top thrill spot to to, to me. Really? Um, yeah. So what's your bottom thrill this week, Vox? So this is. Uh... <sighs> Really difficult. Uh, I'm not obviously future shocks. I feel like don't particularly count for me on this one, just because we didn't get a full. Like I, I'd do it if there was like three of them. Yeah, there's not. There's not quite enough for it to count. I, I agree with that. Um, however, if if I really had to choose one, and keep in mind that all of these were amazing, you do you do have to read a lot of context before jumping into this month. But the, the payoff is well worth it in all stories. And so when I say this, this is the bottom of the top, uh, which is Inferno. Mm. Um, and, and I think really just because it didn't get its space uh, and it did do sort of the Tharg hand-waving and um, just kind of... it. I felt like there was some lashing out from like the writers or possibly the people who you know the creative staff behind this in how they were handling it and in what they were emphasizing and that they killed off all of the players Mm -hmm. um like it's smart at least i feel like it was smart and it was working within um these constraints that it couldn't break out of and those constraints ultimately damned it for being a top thrill you know Mm. yeah i mean so yeah, I think I think I agree. Um, In- Inferno's my bottom thrill this month as well. Solidarity. Um, I'm yeah. I'm I'm less charitable um, about the end of it than you are. I think. Um, I think it's really BS. Just how the way they ended it and the Tharg yada yadaing a bunch of a bunch of stuff. Like 
Um, I don't know. I think it's sort of it just it 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 hurts the overall narrative to have the end be so sort of rushed and just get this out the door. I guess. Um, it remind yeah, it reminds me so much of Harlem Heroes, except worse. It's the double worst breakup. Yeah, and just like um, yeah. So I don't know. I'm 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 definitely sad to see it go. I'm definitely um, and I feel like they didn't give it. You know, this is a one of the stories that's been in 2080 from the start and stuff, yeah. and it's the last time it'll be here. So I'm sad to see it go. I'm definitely sad to see it go out on the bottom. But it just like this ending was not good. It wasn't a good way. You know, mm. it wasn't a great way to handle it. It just really felt rushed and like they were trying to get it done. And then the ending is this sort of triumph of the bad guy and the good guys just sort of having to just go just like get out of here and not like triumph or destroy the syndicate or anything like that that are sort of like well we're just victims and that's it we just have to live with these lives of our friends on our conscience for the rest of our lives which is just really like a super bummer and really like i don't think it's a good moral i don't like i don't like that end um especially not i don't know yeah so um and not in a sportsmanship comic um I do have a question. Are we ever going to see, other than the 1990s revival of this, um, another sports-based Prague? Yeah. Well, or there's a sports-based a, style. There's like, every now and then we'll kind of get a couple um, sports-based uh, stories. You know, there's like, um, one's called like Mean Arena and stuff, which kind of has mm-hmm. some sports stuff at the start. Um, not a ton. There'll be maybe, and then a, a couple more sort of science fiction, like more sci-fi stories that are sort of are, are around um, gladiator stuff and things like that. But this That's is really, really unfortunate. Like the heyday of the sport comic in 2008, I'd say. Because it really piqued my interest. But yeah, good thoughts. I agree with you, man. I, it's not like I'm not hurting, but yeah, no, I, yeah, I mean. We do what we do, you know. Yeah, <laughs> it it sucks to watch a good friend uh, kind of do what it's doing. Yeah, but um, I hope everybody here, everybody listening, enjoyed the show. You can find Space Spinner Two Thousand on iTunes, Stitcher, the Google Play Store, or on our podcast site at cradleline.com. Feel free to contact us at spacespinner2000 at gmail.com or our Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter pages. On Twitter, we're spacespinner2k and everything else. Just look up spacespinner2000 and we should be there. Tune in next week as we begin the saga of Sam Slade, Robo Hunter. Oh, awesome. Judge Dredd runs afoul of a number of supermarket mascots and once again gets himself in legal trouble and then finally makes his way to Las Vegas. Oh, awesome. All that and Ant Wars in Carnival. Oh. (laughs) And Dan Dare finally deals with this mutiny. Awesome. (laughs) Until next time, I'm Conrad, he's Fox, and we are Space Spinner 2000. Splendug Birthrig.